isolasi Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I'm Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, the Word Church. Today, Vince, we're going to look. The second candle of Advent is coming up. And for our church, at least, the second candle of Advent is the candle of Bethlehem. And I want to look a little bit and talk some more about as the Magi came to Jerusalem, as they were speaking, they were asking, where is this king of the Jews who has been born? And when Herod hears this, he brings in the scribes and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And he asks them, where is, where is this child to be born? And they tell him, and they read the scripture actually, that tells them that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. And the interesting thing to me in all of this, and I want to talk about it today, is that when they realize, they read this scripture, they realize that these magi are asking that they've seen this star, Not one of these scribes, not one of these Pharisees, not one of these teachers of the law goes to Bethlehem. They know what the scripture says. They know where the scripture says he'll be born, but not one of them goes there to see themselves. In fact, it is the Magi who eventually make the trip there, and it is the Magi who worship at Jesus' feet. And what I want to talk to you about is the whole idea that we can know scripture. They knew scripture. They knew scripture frontward and backward. They knew where the Messiah was to be born, but they did not go there themselves. So we can, as people, know scripture. We can be a believer and we can know scripture. I can know that this is what the Bible says, and guess what? Not do it. We could have the most perfect doctrine in the world. We could be right on every single doctrinal issue and not do it. And it is so important for us as believers, and we talk about this on this show all the time, to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word, and to let our faith actually affect our life. It must have been 20 years ago now. I am I was home for some reason. I'm channel surfing, and Oprah's on there. She's got some woman on there. And the woman said, yes, I believe a lot of things in the Bible, but I don't let it allow to affect my personal life. And I'm like shocked. I'm like, what? That's the whole purpose of it is to affect your personal life. I mean, so as a Christian, if we're going to say, yeah, I know what the scripture says, but I'm not going to allow it to really do anything to me. I'm not going to allow it to affect me. We've missed the whole point of what it's about. It's not just a theoretical exercise. It's not just theory to be talked about. It's actually to change our lives. It's to move our lives. Amen. And the Bible says over in, uh, 
Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And over in Thessalonians, it says, it says the word works effectively in those who believe. Again, you have to put faith and confidence in the word of God. And, and faith and confidence in the word of God is the same as faith and confidence in God. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Well, God and his word are one, just like wet and water. If you get water, you're going to get wet with it. It just comes with it. You get the word of God, you get God. You get God, you get his word. And again, like you said, God desires for his word to transform you. And it will transform you. It will change your whole belief system. And that's God's desire. That's why the writer writes over in Romans 12, uh, don't be conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, your mind only is going to get renewed by the word of God. And again, you have to act on the word of God. Faith comes by hearing it, but then now you got to act on what you believe. If you claim you have faith in God and you believe God, well, you got to be not just a hearer. You have to do it. See, that faith is an action word. Yeah, and Jesus said over in Matthew, he who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a man who built his house on a rock. And when the storms and the wind came and blew, it, it didn't move that house. I'm paraphrasing a little. It didn't move that house. So, again, God word works. I was just reading over there in Isaiah 4. He said, his counsel shall stand. His words that goes forth shall not return void. So God's word is living and powerful. And if we think about it, go back to Genesis chapter 1. Everything God said Every word that came from him, it produced something. And it'll produce something in our lives, too, if we act on it. And I, I hear a lot of people all the time, well, I know the Bible says this, I know it. Well, why don't you do it? I know the Bible says give and it shall be given to you. Well, why are you a tightwad? I know the Bible says do not worry, but I'm going to worry. Yeah, right, right, right. So, so now the word won't work in you because you don't act on it. And it says in First John, this is the confidence that we have in him. See, faith in God is having confidence. It says this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his word, he hears us. And we know because he hears, we have the petitions of those things that we ask for. God watches over his word to perform it. So, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That means if you go and do the word, you will be rewarded from God. Because that's what he watches over. Well, see, that's why James says faith without works is dead. Because the the word there, as I said before, the word that we translate faith is an action word. You're going to do something because of it. Because mm -hmm. right before that, he says, even the demons believe and tremble, mm -hmm. but the demons aren't going to heaven. They believe in God. They know God's real. They've seen him, but they don't believe in the sense of taking action then positive toward that belief. And so faith without works is dead. I can believe, as we said, I can believe that God is with me, that he will never leave me nor forsake me. But then I can act as if I don't believe that. I can sit and worry and be depressed and mope and groan and, and never see anything positive. And yet I know, I, I believe that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I can believe that, that I should love my neighbor as myself, but then I'm not going to do it because my neighbor upset me. I can, I can believe all kinds of things and not do them. Faith without works is dead. So when we, we have faith and believe God's word, we are now going to act.
act on you can have what some God's corresponding action. And, and again, I, I believe a lot of people and Christians are like this. They, they compartmentalize God. They'll believe one part, but they won't believe the other part. But in Hebrews eleven six, the latter part says, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's where people have a hard time believing that part. Because it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. People are like, oh, I got faith, I got faith. But then that latter part says, those who come to him must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder. And remember the guy over in Matthew, he had the son that was demon-possessed. Jesus' disciples came to him and, and could not heal him. And then Jesus came, and the guy started saying, Lord, I believe. That's one degree. But then he said, I got this other side of me that has some doubt. And that's where a lot of people are. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief, that part. So we got this one. Yeah, we, we got saved, but we don't believe all those other promises that came with it. And the Bible says this. That's why you got to be a student of the scriptures. The Bible says in Hebrews, there's things that accompany salvation. Once you get in the door, there's a whole lot of other doors in there, too. He says, in my father's mansion, house there are many mansions. So and then he said he's given us the keys to the kingdom. Keys is plural. So there's a lot of doors you can unlock. You can unlock that door to health and healing. You can unlock that door to financial prosperity. You can unlock the door to being merciful. The forgiveness door, that's a good one to unlock. <laughs> He's giving you the keys to all the things of the kingdom. So, again, we want to believe part of it, but we don't want to believe the other part. Well, you know, you talk about compartmentalizing. A lot of people compartmentalize their life. You know, a, a former president made that word i think a little more popular than, than people you know we this is my part of my life where i'm at work and i'm going to act this way this is the part of my life where i'm at home and i'm going to act this way this is the part of my life that i'm going to be at church and i'm going to act this way and but that's not the way that we should live we should be the same everywhere that we are we should be believing well, god and having faith in god whether we're at home well, at church at work wherever we are the bible teaches us this in romans 117 it says the just shall live by faith yeah not well, part of the week well how often do you live if i live 365 days that's how many days i should be living by faith and just like you said that the lady that was on the oprah broadcast she compartmentalized i believe that but that's just for that. And, then, right. and that's for when I'm over here doing Right, right, this. right. And that's called, I heard one pastor refer to that as dualism. You know, on Sundays, we do this. Monday is back to business, back to being conformed to the world. But on Sunday, I praise the Lord, hallelujah. I got on my Sunday's best. I do my Sunday thing. But come Monday, I'm coming back after you. So God says, no, the just shall live by faith. And Jesus summed it up with man should not live by bread alone but by every word. That means every day as I'm living my life as a new creation in Christ, I'm supposed to live it by God's word. I'm supposed to believe his word, receive his word, act on his word every day. Because here's the deal. Life is going to give you an opportunity to prove what you declare you believe. Because life pressure is going to come. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. But then he said something, be of good cheer. So tell me this, when a lot of Christians have trials and tribulations, and they believe those are going to come, but do they do the latter part? Be of good cheer. <laughs> do they count it all joy? Well, of course we'll be happy and we'll be joyful and we'll count it all good and we'll rejoice when I got a raise, but I'm not going to do Only a fool would do no. that when they well, lost see, their job, but you know what? God says to rejoice always. Well, that's the gesture live by faith. 
So if God said it, he says, count it all joy when you go through various trials and tribulations. Well, that's what I'm supposed to do because I live by faith. But see, this goes back to living by faith, not by sight, because my human sight would tell me, oh, you just lost your job. There's no way you should. Rejoice. My human sight will say, and that's why I say we don't walk by sight. Human sight will say, this is the reality. No, but when you're in the kingdom, God's word is your new reality. My faith is His counsel he's, he's with me always. He'll right. never leave me nor forsake me. He'll provide for my needs according to his riches and glory. But our sight says, man, this is a, this is terrible. It's right before Christmas. You lost your job. You're doomed. Well, it's terrible. It's the same thing with Peter. Peter could have leaned on his understanding, his senses, his sight. And when Jesus said, come, when Peter asked, Lord, is that you walking on the water? And Peter was like, that's kind of cool right there. <laughs> And they thought it was the ghost. All the other guys that was in the boat with him, everybody thought it was the ghost. And Jesus said, oh, it's just me out here. And Peter said, Matt, if that's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. Now, reality would say, Peter, you're being fooled. That is the real ghost because don't nobody walk on water. But Peter acted on what he believed. Jesus said, come. Jesus also is referred to as the word of God. So he acted on the word. When the word said, come, Peter got out of the boat and commenced to walk on the water. And we know later, the scripture says, he looked, he, then he left the faith realm and went to the sense realm, and he seen the wind and heard the wind. He started living by sight. Yeah, he started living by sight, and that's what a lot of Christians do. But you got to stay in faith. And here's the deal. A lot of people get down on Peter for sinking. At least he got out the boat. He, he yeah, did yeah. more steps on water than most people you know. Right, right, right. And he, and he didn't drown. Peter didn't die by drowning. Lord, help me. He, he reached his hand out to him. One of the shortest, and most heartfelt prayers in the entire Bible. But, but did, did Jesus help him? Of course. Because he's a very present help in a time. And but, day. you know, and sometimes we, we think prayer is so mystical that you have to be in the right place and you have to be in the right attitude and close your eyes and bow your head. No. And you have to say the right words to unlock everything. Peter is in need of help. And he says, Lord, help me. Well, I mean, I'm, he didn't have to go into any flowery language. He just went straight to the point. Well, you know, we can get over religious about things I, I pray laying in my bed i pray driving in my car i pray walking well, i pray riding in my car, bed you're supposed to have your eyes closed uh -uh. your head bowed no you're no to be in a closet. Well, jesus said watch and pray <laughs> watch and pray so i'm watching and praying so uh you know what again we just have to uh have faith in god and act on god's word and that's what jesus said initially when he started his earthly ministry over in mark chapter 1 verse 14 it says jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, repent, repent means change the way you think and, and believe the gospel. And the gospel is good news. So believe the word of God, basically. And we believe we're supposed to act on what you believe. You come to work because you believe you got a paycheck at the end of the week. Let and them tell the minute you, most people start believing they're not, they're going to quit. Yeah, they're going to make up all kinds of excuses not to come in. I'm sick today, this, that, and the other. Well, you act on what you believe. When you're hungry, you believe if you go to the grocery store with some cash in your hand, you can get some, or some currency, any type, credit cards, whatever, that you can get some food that's going to nourish your body. You act on what you believe. You go to the store. Every day. Or you send somebody we, to the store. We, we act on our belief every day. We do. We believe if it's your husband that cooks the food or the wife that cooks the food, you believe they're not going to poison you, so you eat the food. There you go. We believe, therefore we act on it. Right. 
you, you go to a restaurant, you believe they're not going to give you food poisoning, so you go there. I mean, really, seriously, so much. Of, and you don't know you what the cook's doing back there. Right, when you drive down the street, your belief is that everybody else is going to stay on their side of the road. Right, when you go right. through a green light, your belief is everybody else is going to stop on the red. We act on our belief all day, every day. We do, A lot of times we don't believe, well, we don't realize how belief affects our life. Well, and we put faith in, in lots in of, all things. Kinds of things. But Jesus said again in Math and Mark eleven twenty two, have faith or belief in God. So God and His Word are one. So when you get God's Word, He says, just like you trust and rely on other things all throughout the day, He said, just do that with my word. Well, see, and then and there you come to the question: Why is it that so many Christians believe that the other guy is going to stay on his side of the street, or he's not going to run a red light? but they don't believe every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, that's why the Bible says the just shall live by faith. He's challenging you to live by what he said in his word. And faith is merely acting on the word of God. If God said it, okay. If he says give and it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over men will give it to your bosom. Well, just believe that. If he says, I'll make you the head and not the tail, you're blessed coming in, blessed going out. Just believe that. And that's what a lot of people, but it don't make sense. No, it makes faith. It ain't going to make sense. It didn't make sense for Peter to get out the boat and walk on the water. It didn't make sense for Jesus to walk on the water. Well, then as we come to Christmas, you know, the story of Mary and Joseph, it didn't make a lot of sense either. Or a virgin to have a baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many times have you heard that? Well, I've never in my experiences have I seen a virgin having a baby. No, especially back in those times. And here's again, I tell everybody, the gospel is not logical. It's not logical. That's why he says the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith, not by the sense realm. It's not logical. You can't analyze it and, and, and try to figure it out. You just have to believe. It's just like children with Christmas. A lot of kids believe in Santa Claus. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. Their parents told them Santa's going to bring some toys, and they grow up believing that until we have to bust their little bubble and tell them <laughs> it ain't no Santa. <laughs> now, that's why you need to tell them the truth and the in the beginning, there ain't no Santa. They'll believe, and they'll believe that Santa brought all these gifts and not the parents. What's well, a choice? Believing is a choice. You get to choose what you want to believe. That's why the guy says, Lord, I believe, but help me over in this area. Of See, we, get, we not only get to choose, but we get to choose every day. Every day. It's a every choice. You're going to believe the word of God or you're going to believe the circumstances. Right. Yeah. I, I choose to believe the word of God and exalt that over everything. The Bible says over in Corinthians, Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So if that circumstance is, is trying to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, you know what I'm going to do with that thought, that ideal, that suggestion? I'm going to cast it down and I'm going to replace it with what God says. Because I'm going to let God be true and everything else be a lie. And that's what we're, that's the just living by faith. We, God said it, that's it. See, in the way that that works out in real life is on a day-to-day -day basis because on a day-to-day -day basis we get opportunity to show what we believe to live what we actually believe and our sight will often tell us our feelings will often tell us the opposite of what god says sometimes you know, people are here what is it nike just do it but you know what that can get you in a lot of trouble just do it because a lot of times our feelings aren't right I, I was telling somebody the other day, the last time somebody robbed a bank here in Chico, they felt like doing it. The, the minute they were in the bank, they felt like doing it. The, 
any kind of sin that that you do at the moment you committed it, you felt like doing it. I don't care what it, the sin is. You you felt like gossiping. You felt like lying. You felt like what your feelings told you. This is a good thing to do right now. Well, and here it is. I use that slogan on the flip side, on the faith side. Just do it. God said it. Just, well, do, just it. do it. It don't make sense, but, see, you can't but I'm going to just do it. Feelings. No, no, no. You I'm, I'm going to do, do it, it on your side. I'm going to do it by faith because God said it. It don't make sense, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Remember he told one of the uh, prophets or somebody told us, God, the king, go wash in, in the dirty river. Name and it. he's like, well, name it. He's like, well, there was a clean one right there. And his servant yeah, says. We got better rivers than this right, right, home. <laughs> well, well, and his servant said, master, if he'd have told you to go do something great, would you have done that? He got to think about it. Say, yeah, well, he said, well, go ahead. Just go and wash in there. Just just go do it. <laughs> it don't make sense, but go do it. And he did it, and he got what he was believing for. And again, Jesus would always tell the lepers, you know, he would pronounce healing over them. He'd tell them, you're healed according to your faith. Now go show yourself to the priest. Well, they were still leprous. But he says, Scripture says, as they went. As they, went. they didn't look at the circumstance, deal, but as they went, they started manifesting what they were believing they were getting. Faith acts on the word of God. The word told them, go show yourself to the priest. They didn't say, well, we'll wait till we clear up, then we'll go. No, they just took off heading that direction. We don't know how long it took them to get to the priest, but by the time they got there, the priest uh, and Jesus told them, and give the offering that you're supposed to give and, and handle that, and they did, and they were cleansed. So it didn't make sense, but they went. You know, putting some mud, spitting on some dirt, making it out of mud and putting it on somebody's eye for them to get their sight back doesn't make sense either. But that's what Jesus did, and it worked. And that's what we got to be as Christians. We just got to trust God and take him at his word. Well, and then you come back to the scripture in Galatians where he says, so I say to you, live by faith. Live by the Spirit. That's and another so, word, living by faith, so living I, by the Spirit. So, I, so he says, so I say to you, live by the Spirit. It's not a question of doing the best we can. It's not a question of trying our hardest. It's not a question of, well, I'm going to try and do this for God. It is a question of, so I say to you, he says, live by the Spirit. We are to live according to the Holy Spirit. It is not about trying to do the best that we can. It is about following the Holy Spirit. It is not about setting up some kind of... Most people have some sort of expectations. I was... We were talking about this in our discovery class. People say, I was saved by grace. They know they were saved by grace. They know they were saved by grace through faith. But now that they're a Christian, they think God expects certain things of them. And that list of expectations for most people is different. For some people, it's he expects me to go to church every week. For some people, he expects me to be nice. He expects me... Most people have a list of expectations that they think that God now has. But yes, they were saved by grace through faith. But now that I've been saved, God has these expectations of me. And now, whether you, whatever you want to call them, those become the rules of how we're going to live. God expects me to never go to a dance. God never expects me to never drink. God expects me to not go to the movies. God he expects also expects me you to not to have cards. any condemnation. Right. But I mean, for a lot of people... Those expectations of what now God expects me to do become the rules by which they live. But he says, don't live by the law. Don't live by rules. He says, so I say to you, live by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And we've got to learn to live according to the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is not a question of doing the best we can. God did not say, I saved you so that you can do the best you can. 
He says, I sent the Holy Spirit to you. He's going to live in you so that he, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can live the life that you should live. And a righteous person person lives, walks by the Spirit. I was just reading this scripture over in Romans chapter 8, verse 3. It says, For what the law could not do, that in that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On the account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law may be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So that's what he's saying. Set your mind on, on what the Word of God says. Not Don't lean to an unrenewed mind. That's why it's very important. People, pastors need to ingrain this in, in people. Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. As your mind is, as you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind, you ain't going to have a sin conscious. You're going to have a righteousness conscious. You're going to have a faith conscious. You're going to have faith. You're going to be favor minded. You're going to start having the mind of Christ. So when I hear people speaking like this, that let me know your mind is not renewed. It's just like we said initially. Yeah, you believe you, you don't compartmentalize. You they, believe they this part. The scripture says. Yeah, you know what it says, but you don't, you Act know the scripture it. says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. But your mind is still the same. You haven't renewed it. So that's the first step. I tell people, when you get saved, I let them know it. Come to our church, you get born again. First step is receiving Jesus the Lord and Savior. Next step, get water baptized, submerged in water. And from that point, you go into transformation because you're a new creation. There's a big word, sanctification. Yeah, so be, you got to start being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Meaning you got to start having the mind of Christ and thinking like God thinks. God doesn't think condemned. He don't, his image is of who he know he is. It's, and he knows, he wants us to think that the old man is dead and we're walking newness of life. And that's what people have to know. You have to get rid of all that, oh, I call it stinking thinking. That's why he says the flesh. The flesh is an unrenewed mind. When the Bible refers to flesh, he's talking about those who walk according to the flesh set their minds. And you know somebody there's have a, a bad mindset, that's not good. So once you come into the kingdom of God, you need to get rid of that old mindset and allow your mind to be transformed by God's word. And that's walking in the spirit. See, and it's the devil that condemns. It's yeah. the devil that comes and says, you know, you don't deserve to be mm -hmm. saved. But you don't deserve to have God's love. You don't deserve any of this stuff that's happened. You don't deserve to be healed. You don't deserve to have your bills paid. You don't deserve a loving husband. You don't deserve a loving wife. Well, well, and, now, now, here, now here's stuff. somebody with a renewed mind. They all know what to do. Like I say, I know what to do. When the devil says that, I don't even listen to him. I cast down all those thoughts because that's how the devil sounds like you just like God sounds like you. That's why you got to. Jesus said, my sheep know me and they hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So when the stranger try to come and tell me something, I immediately take those thoughts, I bind them, I arrest them, I cast them down, and I replace them with what thus said the Lord. Because Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word Amen. that comes from the Father. Okay, I think this is going to conclude this uh, segment of Faith on Fire. We hope and pray that this uh, broadcast is a blessing to you. And if it is... Uh, why don't you consider financially supporting us uh, so that we may stay on the air? And we just want to remind you before we live, keep walking by faith.
If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.